I am so excited about today's Meet Mediocrity podcast. Today I'm having a conversation with Dr. Jennifer Burns. In her professional life, Dr. Burns is a psychotherapist, but to me, she's my cycling buddy Jen, part of the Mineola Bicycle Club cycling crew. Jen and I have spent many bike rides discussing the benefits of mindful meditation, how to apply it practically, and how to use mindfulness in our everyday lives. I am looking forward to this conversation. Today's conversation is with Dr. Jennifer Burns, who is cycling Jen to me. Dr. Burns is a licensed clinical psychologist and a founding partner and owner of the Center for Cognitive and Dialectical Behavior Therapy, CCDBT. CCDBT provides targeted psychotherapy with the ultimate goal of helping their clients build lives worth living. Jennifer's practice and her therapy includes a focus on mindfulness and mindful meditation, which we will explore together today. She's also developed a mindfulness program for everyday people called Mindfulness Power Solutions, or MPS. Through this, Jennifer has been teaching practical mindfulness practice to professionals who work in high-stress jobs. And we're going to discuss a bit about those group mindfulness sessions today as well. You can learn more about Dr. Jennifer Burns and her practice on ccdbt.com. Now, without further delay, here's my conversation with Dr. Jennifer Burns. So, Jen, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. So, um, before we get into uh, my secret or not-so-secret agenda for today's discussion. Can you just uh, tell me a little bit about your background just to put this conversation into context? Sure. I have my PhD in clinical psychology. I've been in practice for close to 20 years. I have an expertise in a particular type of therapy called dialectical behavior therapy, uh, which focuses predominantly on folks who experience a lot of um, emotional pain and big emotions. And the treatment really is about how to learn how to get control over your emotions so that they're not controlling your life and making decisions for you. And it's very much rooted in the concept of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So I've been teaching mindfulness in a, a particular way for over 20 years and have trained in formal practice of mindfulness. I have a training in mindfulness-based stress reduction, which was brought to us by John Kabat-Zinn mm -hmm. out of the University of Massachusetts. And I've taught formal mindfulness, I've taught informal mindfulness, and currently I have a, a new business called uh, Mindfulness Power Solutions, where we're really going around to everyday people in their work settings and helping them increase their use of mindfulness on a daily basis in a less formal way with the idea that everybody can benefit from the ability to stop and focus and shut out some of the noise that's going on in their heads. So let me put this into context for anyone who's listening to this conversation. So Jen, Dr. Burns, Jen to me, is my cycling buddy or one of my cycling buddies. 
The fact that she gives me therapy sometimes when we're riding, that's completely separate. Um, so I know Jen more socially than, than, than clinically. Um, although Jen is the, one of the first people I go to when, when a problem is irking me. Um, it was the conversation we had on a bike ride probably a year ago or so when we started talking about mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And on an earlier um, podcast episode, I, I bragged about the fact that I've downloaded mindful meditation apps mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and have actually trained myself to meditate for five full minutes yep, on a go. really good day. You're practically a Buddhist monk. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell me, Jen, you know, I downloaded the, the mindfulness app kind of on my own. But I always had this preconceived notion about, you know, you need to be on a rock and you need to be sitting cross-legged. And cushion, you need to be not like, a rock, a cushion. A cushion it on a rock. It feels like a rock after like 20 <laughs> minutes. But but you need to be doing this for yes. hours on end to really be, you know, true, true, truly mindful, right? Mm-hmm. Can you, you know, you clarified this for me a little, Jen. Can you clarify this again? Well, a lot of the research that's been done about the impact of mindfulness really on medical conditions and all of that research is coming out of John Kabat-Zinn University of Massachusetts, shows the benefit of a 45-minute daily practice. And that's part of the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, MBSR. Mm-hmm. So the research that we have, the empirical evidence that we have that mindfulness helps with heart disease, with breast cancer, with psoriasis, with um, anxiety and depression and all that good stuff, that comes from a very formalized dose of mindfulness practice. And it has to, because if we're going to compete with Western medicine, you need a dose. You can't just say, take a little bit of penicillin, right? Right. Um, But what we've come to realize and notice is that we can practice mindfulness a little bit every day. And that can be a formal sit, or it can be just stopping and paying attention to what you're doing or thinking or feeling, tasting, eating, so let's so so I want to explore this because I have to be honest. The first time I ever was exposed to meditation ever, I went to a yoga class. Mm-hmm. At the end of class, the teacher says, "Lay on your back, savasana." Uh-huh. She says, "Thank you all. Be very thankful. Namaste." And as soon as she said namaste and and walked out asleep. of the class, well, you know me pretty well. So fall asleep would be uh-huh. what happened to me. Um, but either that or my mind was like, "Gotta go." Yep. Right. So you just said that it could be in small doses. Sure. Can we can we expand on that a little? Because honestly, small doses is what most people can digest to start. Where do we? How does that work? Well, and that's that's the whole thing. I think mindfulness has become this unobtainable goal, right? It's like having the perfect retirement plan. That's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that allows you to have everything. Mindfulness can be in anything we do. You can brush your teeth mindfully. You can. Drive mindfully. You can wash your hands mindfully. You can have a conversation mindfully. You can mindfully choose to put your phone down. You can answer an email mindfully. Almost anything we do, we can do mindfully. And all that we really want to do ultimately is build that mindful muscle. So can you define mindfully in the context you just described it? Doing one thing at a time with focus and awareness and while that doesn't sound very complicated it sounds so easy it sounds so easy our society does not value that i remember when the iphone first came out we'd see commercials and there was a man talking to his wife 
realizing it was their anniversary, ordering flowers on his phone while he was talking to her. And that was the amazing thing about the iPhone. You could forget your anniversary, remember it, and order flowers while still being in a conversation. That's right. Right? That's right. So this is our world. How many people are you and in a meeting? And that was 10 years ago. How many people are you in a meeting with, Jen, who are looking at their phone and say, I'm paying attention? Yeah. But they're not. Or they're not paying mindful attention. We outlawed cell phones in our team meetings, or we tried to several years ago. And what ended up happening? People ended up leaving the room. Yeah. Right? So we understand the demands of this world now include the fact that you need to be connected, whether, you, whether it's good for you or not. Yes, we all need to figure out times to be disconnected, but we are not in a utopia where we can leave our phones in our pocket, in our in our draw, and go about the day. Right. I have to respond to crises. You have to respond to crises. Your car breaks down. You need to be able to reach out. This is what our world is now. Okay, we understand that, and still, we can take moments and just have those moments. The and way that counts, that counts as being mindful. I'll tell you, my <laughs> mindfulness practice, yeah, my mindfulness practice every day is that I try very hard and I'm pretty successful at being mindful of my only first taste sip of coffee in the morning. So that's a, probably a five second mindfulness. Correct. And that helps you. It helps me because it makes me stop or it encourages me to stop. I pause. I love my coffee. I love my coffee. I, I love too. coffee more than a lot of the people I, I know in my life. <laughs> it soothes me. It's there for me. It's constant. It's the highlight of my morning. But I don't have time to drink the whole cup mindfully. I got to get my kids out. I got to get them to school. I got to feed the dogs. I got to walk the dogs. I got to get ready for work myself. I'm not. I don't have that 10 minutes or five minutes, whatever right. it would take. But if I can stop in my kitchen and I take a sip of coffee, and I look outside the window, and I see the trees, and I look at my plants, and I notice the dogs, or whatever I might notice, that's my practice. And if I can start my day that way, it's clicking my brain on to remember, pause when you can. So this is, so it's funny, I'm going to get into what the benefits of this are with you in a minute, but what you're describing is something, so I, I in an earlier episode, I talked about the fact that I had let myself go from a fitness perspective and in order to get back into it, I said, just do something 15 minutes a day mm-hmm. yep. and that will become something. And right. it did in the fitness world. I mean, I, I, it, it blossomed from there. Is this the same concept? You know, a five second mindful sip of coffee can be built upon and actually provide benefits to you? Yes, I think so. I think the mindfulness practice it's ultimately, I think of it as building a muscle. Same thing as any other exercise. And if you build that muscle, even a little bit, you no know, one's starting with a marathon, right? When I first started riding again, I didn't go and do a 100-mile century ride. Right. We do 10 miles, and then we do 20 miles, and then we do 40 miles, and then we do 60 miles. That's how you train for anything. Yep. And this is the same thing, and it's building a muscle. The only difference is five seconds in the morning – is, is a way to plant your feet. You want to try to find opportunities throughout your day. They don't have to be long. They don't have to be formal. There is something to be said for formal sitting, but sitting for 45 minutes, I know um, for most professionals that I speak to, feels unendurable. 
Yes. And then you don't want to do it. Then you're resenting it. And now your entire taste of mindfulness, you feel like you're trying, you're doing this 45 minute sit so you can obtain this euphoria, which actually doesn't really ever come. All it does is allow you in other moments to pause. Well, that's exactly where I was just going to take this. So let for people like me, <laughs> who are running all over the place yep. and doing a hundred things, and I know that meditation is a good thing, but like it's hard to get it. So let's talk about some of the real life benefits of it. So you choose you choose to spend a cumulative one minute a day meditating in three twenty second intervals, and maybe that grows. Yeah. But let's talk about the muscle. How do we, once we've developed this muscle even What's a little bit, how can we start using it? How can we start using it to our benefit? So from my perspective, and I think uh, the way that we use it a lot um, is that we can, what it does is it allows us to pause. It allows us to pause without ceasing to function. It allows us to close out or, or quiet down extraneous noise. And so for folks, let's say, who are having a conflict with their boss or a customer or their wife, and they're used to handling things a certain way, um, maybe they're, they get to, you know, they puff up and they get big and they get more, you know, aggressive, or maybe they shrink down and they, they can't say what they want to say. If we can pause, if we can slow that down, we can pay attention to what we do. We can choose our words more carefully. We cannot get lost in the minutiae of any argument. We can focus. If I'm talking to a customer and I'm trying to, you know, or a client and I'm trying to teach them something, this just happened to me yesterday. Um, woman came in, she's very anxious about someone she loves dying and she keeps imagining the casket going into the ground. So I have a perfect, you know, yep. what to do with that. Right. Let's use some other imagery. But as we're talking about, I'm trying to teach her what to do, how to replace the imagery, right? She's now all over the place about other things. Come back. Come back to here. We will talk about, you know, your cousin and whether or not they're going to come to the funeral in a moment. But right now, it's being able to come back. Mindfulness allows you to come back to the thing that you choose to focus on. It's allowing you to have the choice of focus. When we run around all day, it doesn't feel like... We're in charge. So for me, so, so, so I'm applying this to me. I'm listening to this, right? Um, even though I'm busy, I feel under control. But there are moments sure. where I feel like, for me, it's like this anxiety, like your chest uh -huh. starts to tighten uh -huh. or you feel yourself breathing a little heavier. So it sounds to me, and, and I've just started to find myself doing mindfulness sometimes. When you feel that happen, you're able to kind of like click a button or, or, or shift your mind. Mm -hmm. And how does being mindful calm you down? Because it does calm you down. But, sure. But how is that? Um, well, the root of all mindfulness, um, mindfulness meditation is focusing on the breath. One of the most fabulous things about the breath is it's free. You don't have to go buy it. You don't need Amazon, right? It's always with you. And every breath, I always think about this. Every breath, every next breath is another opportunity to come into focus and to get under control. When we control our breathing, we control our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. We slow our heart rate down. 
right? When I do yoga, the yoga instructor says, breathe through your nose. It'll calm everything down. It's a similar, it's a similar concept. It's that focus on the breath. Is that what you're saying? When we focus on the breath, which is really a lot of what mindfulness practice is about, we slow it all down. When we slow it all down, we have much more control. Interesting. You know, when we bike, yeah. when we're cycling and we're climbing a hard hill, yes. what happens to your breath? It goes straight up, up into my, up into my throat. Right? Yeah. You, you, and what's, are you actually getting any oxygen to, you, to your legs that need it? No, you're practically hyperventilating. Right. Cycling is an amazing place, or aerobic sports, to actually catch your breath. Fascinating. I do that all the time. When I'm, when I'm huffing and puffing up a hill, I actually will hold my breath for a second or two and then regulate my breathing, and my body works much better for me. That's fascinating. So there is an there is a place for mindfulness even in the throes of heavy cardio cardio training. There's a place for mindfulness everywhere. Our Navy SEALs are trained in mindfulness specifically, so is they that can true? yeah yeah so they can walk into a situation and they can focus where they need to focus and not be distracted by extraneous things and yet take in everything. Mindfulness actually allows you to both simultaneously focus in and step back. Yes, I can see that. Dialectically. It. So, so, let's, so I mentioned that I, I downloaded the Headspace app. Yes, and you and millions of others, I and, think. And he, the, this guy, he's got like an Australian accent or something. Uh -huh. And like after a while, I mean, he was really nice accent, but I kind of got tired of listening to him after a while and I stopped using it. Is an app a place to start or is it a sip of coffee? Like, what, you know, what would you recommend? I prefer people to make a commitment to something that comes easily that's just part of their lives. Turning the radio off when you get in the car to go from point A to point B. It doesn't have to be far. You're going to the drugstore to pick up ice cream in the middle of the night. All right. So maybe in that moment. By the way, that's my problem. I scream in the middle of the night. It's a that's lot a different of people's discussion. problems. It's amazing. It's a different discussion. That and I think like Burger King. Right. Um, or White Castle. What do I want to say? Apps are great if you're an app person. But what it means then is that you have to stop and like make space for it, which is great. But also what I'm looking to help people do is, is not feel like mindfulness is another chore. Oh, I didn't do my practice today. Oh, there goes there goes the gong on my phone, which means I need to stop and, and do five minutes of listening, which is actually good for you. And yet if you resent it, if it starts to frustrate you because it's one more thing you're pushing off till later or tomorrow and now I'm not doing it and it's one more thing I didn't do and my laundry's piling up and I haven't done my meditation in three days and who knows what happens to your mind space thing if you're not checking it off every day now you're back to feeling like you're failing at something when your breath is always with you right you actually don't need your phone you just need your breath right so i like that so let me shift gears you said you do some corporate like you you do mm -hmm. you do training in groups yeah 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 can you describe that to me i mean i you know i work for a big company but there are a lot of big and small companies that would benefit from this but what, what, is a, what does a session or a training look like? What does it feel like? Well, just to step back for a moment, the idea of mindfulness in a group is actually, and maybe this is where our society is stumbling up a little bit, ideal 
because when a community comes together with a shared intention, then the commitment to that intention is stronger and we can feed off each other's energy. And this is like molecular biology, neurology dynamic that's happening. So the truth is that's why there's mindfulness meditation groups and, and folks meditation classes where people come together. It actually builds upon itself, right? Where people are kind of, their energy comes together. So there is something to be said while we're talking about practicing individually, training in groups and having groups come together um, strengthens the energy of the practice and the intention okay. of the practice. We go anywhere. We have trained teachers. Um, we have trained lawyers. We have trained investment bankers. We have trained um, marketing folks. Anybody who has a high-stress job, which is everybody I know, yep. um, I think even Ralph's gets really intense it does on in a summer, summer night, you know? <laughs> Saturday night at Ralph's, like, that's tough. Um, and we do, we tend to do, we like to do a one to two hour workshop. My preference is always two hours. Yep. More time is always better. And we want to also recognize that companies have different needs and not everybody can take two hours out of, out of a work day. What we do is actually we go into whom, whomever, uh, the wellness coordinator, there's actually... Do you know there's happiness coordinators now in, in companies? You know, that would be the job I aspire to in I my know. next life. I know. I want to be a, a happiness coordinator. Right. No, I did not know that. Yeah, I know, this, that's I know, the thing. I know there's HR. I did there's not know there's Now happiness. there's like happiness coordinators. Okay, I think then. that's a millennial Perfect. thing. But anyway, um, <laughs> HR, the heads of the companies, um, we tend to go in. We want to do a needs assessment first. So okay. I'm going to get on the phone with you, and I'm going to talk to you about, you know, what are the stressors in particular to your company? Where are folks feeling... Uh, uncomfortable where are folks getting stuck uh we just came from a company where they do a lot of marketing and it was right before christmas time and everything at christmas is amped up yes and i spoke to the hr woman for a while um really talking about how increased focus would be helpful and what's getting in the way of focus and what are some of the emotional strains and stresses on people and what is the conversation people are having about how much of this they're bringing home with them and she had told me that a lot of those workers, a lot of her workers were saying, I go home and I'm just wiped. I don't right. want to talk to my wife. I don't want to talk to my kids. I'm just shot. Um, so we do a needs assessment. So that needs assessment is really an interview with the right person. I think people. so. Okay. I, it's helpful. You know, okay. if, and then we tailor a program to wherever so we're going. So you'll customize the program 100%. based upon. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, so we were at a school. The principal brought us in because they wanted the teachers to teach mindfulness. Yep. Okay, great. So you know what we decided, though? First, we have to teach the teachers their own mindfulness. Yes. I am not going to teach someone how to teach something if they're not practicing it themselves. Fair enough. And so we ended up actually, they loved it so much that we went in every month for an entire school year, and now they're running. They're off and running, and we come back and we do some consultation, you know, quarterly. Perfect. Um. I can't remember what and you this, the session And the session, it's, so the session itself, it, when, you, when you train this, it's really, you know, giving them skills to practice it on their own. Well, the way we teach is um, primarily uh, experiential. Okay. Because listening to someone lecture is boring. Yes, it is. And that's when you want to pull out your phone. Yes, you do. But if we're doing a practice all together, or you're in a dyad... And you have very specific instructions and you can experience what we're talking about because we can talk about mindfulness and it 
doesn't feel like a thing. It's this concept. But if I teach you how to practice a mindful, if we do a mindful eating practice. Right. You're practicing. And then we have discussion about what that feels like. So we're going to teach a concept. We're going to teach some skills. How? So not just sitting and practicing, but also how to implement, how to do mindfulness in a day. What is the thing that you do? You garden, you golf, you cook. Well, how do we bring an element to that? What do we need to turn off? What do we need to turn on? And asking folks to really look at both their lives in work and out of work, but also to practice. You learn mindfulness by doing. You know, you just said something that really struck me. You said a mindful eating. Mm. I bet you you smell and taste a lot more when you're being mindful, and you probably even eat less if you're being Uh, mindful. You eat less, and you experience the food in a very different way. Very different way. And I don't know about you, but uh, how many times have you gone to a really expensive restaurant, ordered a $50, $60 entree, tasted the first bite, and then you're lost in the conversation with somebody? That's right. That's right. Same thing for, you know, great wine or anything or a dessert. If I'm going to eat my chocolate lava cake, I actually don't want to talk that much during that time. That would that would that would be uh, wasted calories. Just, I'm the person not, at not the table with my spoon eating as much lava cake as I can because the girls we only split one for whatever that's about when you're out with girls and uh, they're talking. I'm tasting and I'm eating and I'm eating more than my share, but I'm eating it because yeah. that's what I love. That's one of my favorite things in the world. So how do we taste what we like? Well. First of all, I really, I really appreciate this conversation. I mean, I, here are a couple of quick things that I, I took from this, and then we'll just wrap up. I mean, the thing that I took most from this is you don't need to make meditation a big thing. You need to make it something. Not a chore. It can't be a chore. If, and you can actually, you know, it's almost like when people say, you know, Walk taking a walk around the block while you're on a conference call is better than sitting in your chair. And you're saying, well, what's the difference? I'm walking a few steps. I'm not huffing and puffing, but it's better than sitting in your chair. And I think what you're what you've just said is, if you focus on your breath and you bring your conscious to the present, it's beneficial, even if it's for twenty seconds at a time. Right. And and what that will teach you over time is to go there when you need to go there. Correct. Whether that whether that's to handle stress, or to or to handle or to appreciate a moment to better. experience joy, experience I like that. We we don't always stop and experience joy. We're very quick to pull out our cell phones and take a picture of a beautiful moment. Yes, we right? are. Right. We don't stop and take a mental picture. And the mental pictures, if you look back at your life, what you remember are the things you took mental snapshots of. Mindfulness helps you increase your experience of joy. Everyone says making memories. You can make your own memories by being more conscious. By being present. Yeah. Well, Jen, thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. So much um, fun. Don't be surprised if I ask you to come again. You've yeah. got a lot of other things we could speak about. You know where I am. But this is very helpful. I appreciate it. Cool. You're Take welcome. Care. Take care. As I reflect on today's conversation, I'm thinking about ways I can do a better job of being mindful even for a few moments every day in order to strengthen that mindfulness muscle and you know make me better able to draw on that muscle when I'm feeling stressed or anxious and overwhelmed. The truth is, I always thought that if I couldn't meditate for more than five minutes, I was being mediocre. 
Thanks to today's conversation with Jen, I realized that even for a few moments every day, I'll be strengthening that muscle that I'll need when things are getting a little bit crazy. I like per- pers- personally, I like the idea of focusing intently and purposefully on those first few sips of coffee every morning. I love my coffee. So that focus will be doubly enjoyable and useful. I'll get to enjoy the coffee and I will be practicing mindfulness. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, please tell a friend. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please follow our trials and tribulations on Meet Mediocrity at Instagram. Join discussions on our Meet Mediocrity Facebook group. And keep an eye out for our tweet of the day on Twitter. One more quick shout out to my favorite music producer, Maxwell Q. That's M-A-X-X-W-E-L-L-Q for creating my catchy and cool theme music. This has been Mediocre Mitch. And until next time, be happy, be positive, and be well.